Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Blue Jackets fans. Happy Friday. We made it. It's the weekend. It is beautiful and sunny here, so I hope it is sunny for you as well. This is Lockdown Blue Jackets. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this weekend to get in on the action. Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports. So today we have got some draft talk, some prospect talk. Obviously the Blue Jackets did not move in the draft lottery on fr- on Wednesday night. So we will be picking fifth overall. And to get uh, some insight into who the Blue Jackets might be picking, who they should be picking, uh, I decided to bring in an expert. So uh, I have got some conversation with Kyle Demetrius, who is one third of the boys over at Lockdown Sharks, and also the most prospect heavy person I personally know. So I will uh, just just get right into that conversation for you. So obviously with the draft lottery happening last night, the Blue Jackets did not win first overall because either the league or the universe hates us, take your pick. Uh, but we are picking fifth, which is lower than we've picked in a, in a few years. So uh, to kind of get a look at who the Blue Jackets might draft, what who, who's going to be left at fifth overall, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, but I've got one third of the content boys over at Locked on Sharks to come and talk to us all about uh, prospects, because I don't know anything about prospects. So I've got Kyle Demetrius here, who's going to tell us who, who the Blue Jackets should draft and who the Blue Jackets might draft, uh, which will probably be two very different answers, because like I've been saying to Kyle, Yama Kakalainen does what he wants when it comes to the draft. He, uh, he could go rogue. He's gone rogue before. Did he take Igor Chenikov in the first round last year? He did. That was because I did a ton of research for, um, I want to say Hendrix Lapierre was was who it was kind of generally understood that we were going to pick. Concussion boy. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, instead of doing that, just decided that Chinikov was who he wanted. I went on the Locked On NHL live draft show, uh, which I think was with you and Chris of Locked On Avalanche, actually. Yep. And basically had to make up 10 minutes of, oh, yeah, I know all about Chidikov and here's his stats and blah, 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 when in fact I'd been frantically Googling like two minutes before before my, my time slot. So hopefully it won't be as off the board as that is. Um, I would accept an off-the-board answer like Dubois, which I feel like was a, an unexpected pick from 2016, but I don't want another, like... Here's a guy who we should have picked in the second round last year that we're actually going to pick fifth overall this year. So um, <laughs> when did when did Kekalainen take over? What year? Oh, that's a good question. I want to say 2012. 12 was his first draft or after the draft? Because if you if you look at the draft starting in 2012, I forgot that they took Ryan Murray at number two, but that's fine. That he's, that's where he's supposed to go. Um, 
And then Wenberg, 14. Just looking at their top picks. Milano, 16. Yeah. But then they uh, took Wenski, 8. 2013. Uh, oh, 2013. Okay, so okay. Ryan Murray's out of here. So Wenberg at 14, Sonny Milano at 16, whatever. Those are a little bit lower. Zach Wierenski at 8, good pick. Probably where he should have went. Dubois at 3, good pick. Um, worked out really well. Then they dropped down. So round 2, then Liam Foody at 18, then round 4, then last year at 21. So it's tough to get a handle on what he does high, but it seems like he's drafting the correct guys. Like Wierenski's a great pick and Dubois a great pick, right? We can agree right. on that. Um, so I don't, he's probably not going to go the Chinnikov route, but there's a caveat because this year's draft is all over the place. There's no, there's no consensus one. There's no consensus. Like these are big time franchise guys that are going to change your, change your franchise's outlook. There's a lot of good to middle six guys. So Owen power at one could be a top, a number one defenseman, but he's most likely going to be in your top pair, maybe second pair guy. Then you get down Matt Beneers, who's the top center in this draft. He's going to rate out as like a high end two C. So you can see already that there's not a great, there's no like key guys, but there's, there's a group no of about, changing player. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's next year. So like Shane Wright and Brad Lambert are next year, Shane Wright specifically. Then in 2023, there's Connor Bedard, and Matvey Michkov, um, who Michkov actually might go first, even though he signed a three-year extension in uh, the KHL, which is how good he is. So the next two years are going to be good. And last year's draft was really good. This one's kind of sandwiched in the middle is kind of weird. So Columbus is drafting fifth. There's a couple different things that are going to happen. So Owen Power is most likely going to go number one overall. Then you're going to get some combination of Beneers, Edvinson, I think, but it gets kind of weird. So Edvinson's a big project defenseman, much like Owen Power, where they're massive. Like Owen Power is 6'6", six, six, 215 or something like that. And he's like 18 years old. <laughs> so he's just like gigantic and he does a lot of things well, but there's still some raw stuff that he needs to work on. Edvinson's, Edvinson is similar where he's 6'4", like 185. So he's going to put some weight on. He's only 18. A lot of people want to say that he's, on the same development or he's ahead of the development of where Victor Hedman was at the same year. So you got to compare Swedes to Swedes yeah. uh, for some reason. So GMs aren't going to pass up a, a six, four big mobile defenseman. Most likely. You can't, you can't teach size. Kyle. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't. So uh, I'm power at Edmondson are most likely going to go in the top couple picks. And then Matt Beneers is typically seen as the best forward. Coming up in just a minute, I've got some more of my conversation with Kyle, but first I've got to tell you about the Wealthfront. Investing can be super complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy because they have the right tools for every portfolio. And they can create that portfolio full of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trades, there's no picking stocks, there's no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. And they can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash lockedonnhl. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Once again, to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, 
Go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That is W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL. Start growing your savings today. I've also got to tell you about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is, simply put, just the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've done polls. We've done brackets. We had a whole March Madness Built Bar championship a couple of months ago. And for a good reason, because Built Bar is healthy, it is delicious, it is nutritious, it is all good things. They've got nine incredible regular flavors. They have got cherry, they've got mint brownie, they've got salted caramel, they've got coconut almond. My personal favorite is the mint brownie one they do. I love this chocolate mint combination, and if something is brownie flavored or brownie textured, then it is a win in my book. And if you don't like any of those, Chances are they will do a limited time flavor that you are a fan of. I feel like every day I get an email in my inbox telling me about a delicious new flavor that Bilt Bar has. And they're not only delicious, they are good for you as well. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. They're perfect if you're on keto, if you are a gym person, you want an extra kick of protein in your diet. Or if, like me, you just need to eat something that is not straight from the freezer and put in the oven for like 30 minutes. And best of all, if you go to promo, and best of all, if you go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Now, where does that leave Columbus at five? It all depends on A, what they need. So what... Like what, if you were, if you had, if you were Yarmo Kekalainen, you're a nice finished man now, what is your draft board saying you need? Oh man, it's, it's tough. So there are like two answers to this. So we either need a defenseman or a center. And I think what we go with depends entirely on um, what we do with Seth Jones. If we flip Seth Jones for a center, then obviously I think we'd probably go for a defenseman. If we flip him for a defenseman, I think we go for a centre. So it's it's tough to say kind of solidly, this is what we need the most because we're kind of gutted at both positions at the minute. <laughs> well, lucky for you, uh, this draft contains a million defensemen. Well, I shouldn't say a million defensemen. There is a lot, but the high-end guys are good. Yeah. Um, whereas the centres, there's Matt Benier. So if Matt Beniers falls to five, that would be yeah, somebody. That would be my pick would be Benitez if he falls to five, but then it's you know, yeah, yeah. Of, of if course. He falls to five. Um, I don't think he's going to. I honestly, now that Seattle is two, okay. Let me put this again. I think Owen Powers will go one, but Buffalo might take Matt Beniers because they have Darlene and Jokaharju and some other defensemen, so they might. And if they're losing Jack Eichel, that means that there's another like C spot behind Dylan Cousins. So. I think Beniers and Power are going to go one, two, just at how the draft shuck out with Buffalo and Seattle. So after that, there's not really a ton of centers that will play center at the next level. So William Eklund, maybe he's a center and a wing, but I wouldn't count on it. Kent Johnson's listed at a center. No chance he plays center. Chaz Lucius is the center. Probably no chance. The one guy that's going to be up there is Mason McTavish. So an OHL guy, he just finished the under 18s with Canada. He's really good. So he shot up Bob's rankings. Well, he's going to shoot up Bob's rankings. So for anybody that doesn't know, Bob McKenzie puts out a couple different draft rankings um, where he talks to GMs and scouts and other NHL people. And uh, Prashanth Iyer 
couple of years ago, looked at how closely Bob's rankings were to the final choice. And he was off by like a deviation of like a 1.8 or something like that. It was crazy. He, Bob doesn't really miss. So when Bob's final rankings come out in July, closer to the draft, that'll give you a good sense of where things are kind of shaking out. But Mason McTavish on central scouting was the number two ranked North American skater. He probably has a chance to play center at the next level. So if somebody, if some enterprising GM in the top little bit wants to take a center, you're looking at Matt Beniers and then most likely Mason McTavish because the next guy who's a legitimate center is Atu Ratu or maybe Cole Sillinger. So they could take Mason McTavish at five if he lasts that long. There's there's a world where it goes power, Beniers, Edvinson, McTavish, right? Yeah. On the flip side, if they need a D to replace Seth Jones, you've got Owen Power and you've got Simon Edvinson. And then I haven't mentioned Luke Hughes, who's the brother of Jack and Quinn. He plays defense like Quinn, but instead of being a woodland elf, he's 6'2", 180 pounds. So he's he's a big-ass dude. Luke Hughes is also the youngest player in this draft. He's 17. Like he's not even 18 yet. I don't even think he turns 18 until way after the draft. So he's like a full year younger than some of these guys, like Beneers and Power. He's a full year younger than him, which yeah. is good. He had a really bad a full injury. Year more development to do, basically. Yeah, exactly. So he's doing similar stuff to what they're doing, but a full year younger. That's That's crazy. He's... Going to mission again next year for sure because he tore up uh, the tendons in his in his foot, um, so he's on the track to recovery. But Luke Hughes, Luke Hughes could be there, and then the other defenseman is Brant Clark. So he played in the OHL, uh, and then obviously the OHL didn't have a season this year, so he went to Slovenia and played against men and had a really good season there. And then he had a really good under 18s. So if they need a defenseman, there's going to be options because. I don't think that Power Edvinson Benier, or Power Edvinson's Clark Hughes are going to go one to four. You're probably going to get the last of them, if not two of the choices there. So that's kind of a consolation prize to replace Seth Jones is if a Brant Clark or a Luke Hughes or a Simon Edvinson's there in, in the spot. So they're in a good spot if they want a defenseman. Yeah, for sure. And like I say, I think it's, it's something that... Honestly, I think I would go for a defenseman because I think there are, well, I worry that we're going to go after Jack Eichel for, for Seth Jones. Plus, why, why would you worry about that? That's yeah. amazing. Because I don't like him. Um, I worry about his injury history. I don't particularly like him as an off-the-ice person. Um, but, like, on the ice, sure, fine. So if that happens, then... And that's, that's my most likely kind of situation scenario for Seth Jones at the minute. So I think I could see it going for a defenseman, um, even though I think I would rather have a center because I think it's easier to kind of restock with defense. Um, and I think we could pick up some decent defensemen kind of lower down. Um, we have three draft, we have three first rounders in, in this draft. So we'll kind of see. It's, see what comes it's, prob- it's probably the opposite this year. You should take the defenseman at the top right. and then take one of the centers down below because down below, so Columbus has 23 and 25. Yeah. So down down here at the bottom of the first round, there, there's some other guys who might play center. So Zach Bolduc, um is from Ramuski. He plays center uh, for Ramuski. And then there's Zachary Letta, who also is in the queue. He also plays center. Uh, there's Xavier Borgo, who's also a center, also in the queue. So 
There's a couple more centers down here. Zach Dean is a guy um, also from the queue. I don't know why they're all from the queue who has really gone up draft boards as well. It could be in that, that range. If Fedor Svechkov, he's a Russian, uh, falls down to like the twenties, that's also a center option. Whereas on the flip, Francesco Pinelli is in the center those down here on the flip side, the D are like Daniel Cheka, maybe, um, Corson Kulimans, who played in the AJHL, pretty sure it was the AJHL. He's going to Wisconsin next year, but he needs a lot of he needs a lot of lot of work. So if you take argument's sake, you take Mason McTavish at five. Now with your other two picks, now you're looking at a defenseman that needs a lot of work. Let's say they take Corson Kulimans, and then you're looking at maybe. Exact Dean. It, it, it gets it gets a little sketchy. This draft really falls off after the top nine or ten. So yeah. for people that don't know, those are that's kind of like Powers, Beneers, Simon Edmondson, Luke Hughes, Brant Clark, William Eklund, Kent Johnson, who's a, who's a winger center for Michigan, uh, Dylan Genther, Jesper Wallstead, who's the goalie. So that's kind of like the top nine ish. And then you've got a group of like Chaz Lucius, Fabian LaSalle, Cole Sillinger, Sebastian Kosa, who's another goalie, uh, Matt Coronado, Atu Ratu. So it's tough because you want to kind of take one of those guys in the top nine and the, the best guys are going to be the defensemen most likely. So I'd probably say go for the D first so you can get one of the good D and then figure out what you're doing. Then Yarmo can do whatever he wants at the bottom of the draft. Yeah, <laughs> he can go nuts and draft some weird Russian. That's that's the thing. It's, <laughs> it's ever so about. hard. It is so hard to predict like what he's going to do, and you know because we've we've kind of talked about this coming up in just a minute. I have the end of my conversation with Kyle, but first I've got to tell you about BetOnline.ag. Playoffs are in full swing. You know we're getting deeper into the second round every day, and the best, the fastest, and easiest way to make some bets. Maybe you make a little bit of money. Use that money that you saved on Built Bar or the money that you got from Wealthfront and bet on some sports action. BetOnline.ag has the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. So before the next shift, make sure you head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the bench anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams get deeper into the playoffs. Head to the website, that's betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. And if you use promo code LOCKEDON, or one word, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is betonline.ag, promo code LOCKEDON, or one word, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Uh, look, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but like, do, you know, do we, at fifth overall, is that a position where, you know, you want the best player left on the board regardless of position or do you want to is that the point where you can start looking at like like I know there was there was a big thing for Edmonton for a lot for a long time where it was they drafted the best player first overall even though they already had a million like good speedy forwards and like zero defensemen so is fifth overall a place where you can like start looking at okay we like we know that there are some really good wingers in this draft for example at the kind of around the fifth but we should go for a center or a defenseman because that's what we need if that makes sense they should draft the best player at five don't get cute just because 
it's not really a draft where you can so like we'll use Detroit as an example where they took more outsider right at six instead yeah. of in the 20s where he was going this draft doesn't have that this draft doesn't have a more outsider who's lurking in the 20s or a yes very coach Kenyemi who rises way up the draft board and everybody loves him this draft doesn't have that you can't if you want to go rogue just trade your fifth pick down to like 12 and pick up another pick on the back end and then like the third round or something like that. But the, this draft isn't one where you can, you can go rogue. It just, it, it's not strong enough that you can make it up uh, in other rounds or anything like that. So Columbus being outside that top four right at the five is just basically probably going to wait to see who falls between power veneers, Edvinson, Clark and Hughes. Yeah. Right. Um, they take whoever's fifth and they move on and they're really happy. They really don't say it's Luke Hughes and they really don't like his injury history. William Eklund's right there. Uh, Kent Johnson's right there. They can kind of do, they can do that route, but I don't, I don't think they should try to get cute. The draft isn't strong enough to, to do that. And, and they kind of just have to take whoever the best player out of those five guys is that's left um, and be happy. If, if they want to take, say they want to take Dylan Gunther because they really like his game. He has like 1.8, or 1.8 points per game in the W this year on a good team. Like that's really, really good, but there's questions about how that got done. And, and was it a, because of the season and his team, was he really a benefactor of that? He didn't have a very good U18. So if they want to do that, at least they're taking a guy that's in that top tier. Yeah. Right. Um, same with like William Eklund, who's really good or Ken Johnson. At least they're taking a guy in that top spot top tier and they're not going super weird and being like Matthew Coronado fired up your fifth overall pick. That would be strange. So they should just take one of the top five guys that are consistently rated in the top five and be done with it. And then get crazy at 23 and 25 go nuts yeah. because this draft is crazy. There's, there's guys that think if they want, like there's Ayrton Martino, uh, they could take who could, they could reach for him. There's, there's Scott Morrow who plays at Shattuck St. Mary's, which is a high school prep high school who has tons of raw upside. But if you're sitting there at 25 and you took Brant Clark at five, and then at 23, you took a forward, uh, Fedor Svechkov, why not take throw a dart at Scott Morrow? You know what I mean? And try to take the upside. So that's where you can really get kind of weird is, is in that bottom twenties role because nobody can agree on what the hell is going on down there. <laughs> yeah like and I feel everybody like I can't decide if it's like just a was this draft always supposed to be a weak draft or is it the yes. you know, development got screwed because of no no COVID. it was always pretty pretty weak yeah and it's unfair because it's sandwiched between the Shane Wright Connor Bedard Matvey Mitchkov two years and then last year's draft which was really strong yeah uh, at the top so there's it just kind of sucks <laughs> it, it's it's that really is... interesting to me watching like because you would think ideally that there'd be it would be roughly the same each year and it seems to kind of go through cycles of having a, re a couple really strong years and then oh this draft isn't very good and then a couple of strong years and then oh this draft isn't very good so you know it, ha it happens in all sports but like last year so last year's top four is Alexis Lafreniere Quentin Byfield, Tim Stutzler, Lucas Raymond. There's not a single player in the 2021 draft that would break into that top four if they were in the same draft. Literally zero. Owen Power would go, like Owen Power would probably go behind Jake Sanderson and Jamie Drysdale, maybe even Zach Alexander Holtz. 
So that's like the eighth spot, but like Marco Rossi's probably better than he is, and maybe even Cole Perfetti. And Anton Lundell. Like Anton, like Seth Jarvis, for instance, went 13 in 2020. Seth Jarvis just burned down the AHL and then went back to the dub or whatever and killed right. it. Seth Jarvis went 13. Dylan Holloway just killed at Wisconsin and NCAA and signed a contract with Edmonton. If he didn't break his wrist, he would have played with Edmonton. He went 14. Like, think about that. That's that's nuts. Um, well, we'll skip over Igor Chinnikov, but like Connor Zary went 24. Uh, Brendan Brisson went 29. Like the, the draft is really strong. It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> so of, of course, this is this is the year that Columbus like falls out the playoffs and picks high and then gets three out of the, Yeah, yeah that's, that's what that's what I was saying about San Jose. Of course, this is the year that <clears throat> this is the year that they uh, they actually get a good pick. Has has Columbus ever picked five? No, this is the first time they've picked five. They picked Ryan Johansson at four. Yep. So we did Ryan Johansson at four, Wenberg, not Wenberg, Murray at two. Nash Nikita Filatov at six. Who, sorry? I love Nikita Filatov. Oh, yeah. Nikita Filatov went six, and then Jakub Voracek went seven. Derek Broussard went six? So Columbus picked, oh my God, Columbus picked four, eight, one. Four, eight, six, six, seven, six, all to start their their learned life. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was it was real bad. And in one of the, I can't remember which year it is, but one year we could have drafted Andre Kopitar and then just decided not to do that. Andre, let's 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 find out live on live on. I want to say two thousand and I always say that I know when people got drafted and I, it's 2004. Was he in the two? No, he's 2005. So the 2005 draft, um, Columbus chose, Gil, oh, they took Gilbert Brule at six. There you go. Yeah. That's such a bad pick. Oh, poor, I love Gilbert Brule. I thought he was going to be really, really good. Um, to be fair though, Jack Skilly went seven. He was also awful. Uh, we just, between, yeah, I don't so, know what it is. We, we have like, to, to, to be fair, though, bad. <laughs> to, yeah, to be fair, we do, we though, do okay later Carey on in the, in the draft, I think. But like, Pardon? we do okay like later on in the draft. I think we've had some really decent, like, it's like Cam Atkinson was a seventh round pick, for example. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, I think, was like, I want to say he was a third round pick. Um, yeah. So look, looking, looking on it, like Vaney Vavalainen uh, was a six. Trey Fix Wolanski was a seven. Uh, who else? Emil Bemstrom was a four. Yeah. He had a brutal Vitaly Abramov, who's good. He's a three. Um, Gabe, Gabriel Carlson went one. Kevin Stenlin went two. Kolasar went three. Like these are these are real. Marcus Nudavaro went seven. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he just kind of turned up at training camp, I want to say in 2018, 2017, 2018, and just made the team after being a, a seventh round pick a couple of a couple of seasons ago. So I feel like that's always, that's always the later good. round picks we do okay with. It's just these first round picks that we sometimes get a little bit a little bit frisky with. Yeah. And the problem the thing with this, it's so hard to predict late round draft picks, obviously. I'm not going to sit here and do it. Because that's that's an insane gambit to do. But right. Clubus has three or they have three first rounders, then they have a three or four, two fifths, a six and a seventh. So they're probably going to do something crazy. Yeah. So at the top of this draft, they got to just stick to the blueprint. There's no, there's no need to go off the rails uh, and do something, do something wild and just take, 
just take one of the guys, just do it. It's very easy to just take one of the, the those five guys. Um, if you really want to maybe do something a little bit off brand, you could take a Ken Johnson at five, uh, a William Ackland, a Chaz Lucius, a Fabian himself. But if you want a center and Matt Beniers is gone, just take Mason McTavish. If you want a D, take one of Power, Edmondson, Hughes, Clark. Yeah. It's easy. It's very simple. You say it's easy and then... If we do another one of the the live shows, which I'm sure we will, it'll be me at 3 a.m. frantically Googling like Buzz Flibbit or whoever because of, of reasons. But yeah, like I say, I think it really does depend on what we get back for for Seth Jones. So Yeah, at least they have options if they want to go. I shouldn't say options, but at least they have a couple different avenues. Like you said, if they trade Eichel for a D, then they need a center. Veneers and McTavish are both kind of up there. Not the best options if you end up with McTavish, but McTavish is good. Um, and then if they trade him for a center or forward and they want to go D to replace them in the system, that's that's what I would do. I would be taking one of the D if I was Columbus, but I'm not Columbus. So, because I don't think Columbus's draft or uh, D pipeline is like particularly robust, right? Uh, it was super good, I feel like, for a couple of seasons. And then last offseason, we traded Ryan Murray and Marcus Nutavara to make room for Dubois' new stupid contract. And then obviously we know how that went down. And now Seth Jones wants out. So we're looking at our defense next season being uh, being Zach Wierenski, Vlaslav Gavrikov, Dean Kukan, unless Seattle takes him, Michael Del Zotto, if we re-sign him, and then... I don't know, friggin' Scott Harrington is, is going to be on the third pair is, is how it's looking right now. But like, I feel like we used to have a super deep defense and then it all just kind of went bad very, very fast. It's like our center. We had an okay center, like one to four centers, um, this kind of the, the first game. And then obviously we traded Dubois, we lost... Um, Koivu to retirement. Max Domi ended up on the fourth line wing for a bunch of the season. Texier got hurt. And it, yeah, so basically I think at this point for, for the Blue Jackets, it is just we'll draft the best player and then work around that. But it does kind of depend on who. I'm trying to manifest Seth Jones for William Nylander because um, that's what I want personally because I think A, it'll make Toronto sad and B, I really like William Nylander. So... Yeah, I mean that would be that would be a great trade. Uh, there's your winger. I guess he can play center, but there's your there's there's a, there's an elite winger. Yeah, the I'm looking at the defensemen that are not like non-roster defensemen. So, Wierenski, Carlson, Kukan, Gavrikov, Nico Leighton, Harrington. But like your prospects are like Jacob Christensen, Tim Berdy, and Gavin Bayruder. Yeah, Gavin Bayruder is 27 years old. There's no chance. Easy to get yeah, exactly. Like he's he he did he did pretty well in the in the A this year. Like talking to people who follow the monsters, he did okay. But yeah, I'm not expecting him to come in next season and like wow the NHL. Um, no, he's 27. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> if he was going to wow the NHL, he would have done it by now, I think. But it looks yeah, no kidding. So I think D might be the play. So people should get familiar with. Um, they can get familiar with Owen Power, but I think he's going to go one or two. So Owen Power, Simon Edmondson, 
Luke Hughes and Brant Clark would be the four, the four defensive net people. Unless they go one to four, then you get Mountaineers. So yeah, which would be not those be, are the f- would not be the worst. No, it would not be hey at five, Mountaineers at five. If, yeah, exactly. If he drops to five, like yeah, nobody's complaining there. But yeah, get familiar with those four defensemen. Um so that's that's probably what you should be doing. Uh, I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh make sure you go check out Locked on Sharks, uh, as Kyle has mentioned, they have been doing some uh, prospect reviews, some really, really good prospect coverage. So all of the guys that we have mentioned in here, they have done episodes for, so make sure you check that out. Uh, And next week, uh, we will probably talk a little bit more about the draft. We'll look at some more options for Seth Jones trades, maybe. We'll look at what the, the roster could look like next season, some things like that. Uh, I have been Jay Foster. You can follow me on Twitter at JayTheGoalie. You can follow this podcast at LO underscore BlueJackets. And if you have comments, questions, criticisms, we'll probably do a mailbag next week. If you have questions for that, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and until Monday, make sure you stay locked on.